You're listening to English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. If you're an English language learner, have a keen interest in language, or you're a teacher, then this podcast is for you. We give tips and advice and discuss topics about learning and teaching. We hope you find it fun and informative that it gives you help and encouragement in your journey with the English language. Welcome to our third episode of English with Monty, the podcast about the English language. Today, I'm going to do an interview with a very nice chap from Italy. His name's Nicolo. He came over to London a while ago for an experience, and I wanted to have a bit of an interview with him just to get some idea of of how he felt about his experience and potentially so that listeners you can come over to London too because Monty is based in London and just to give you an idea of of how it could be for you so hi Nicolo how are you oh hi John I'm very good and what about you yeah I'm doing well thanks yeah no I'm kind of went out, went out for a run this morning so I'm feeling refreshed can you maybe tell us first of all where you are at the moment okay um I'm in Padua it's my city in my house at the moment or better this is the room where i study i work and i do my activities here it's a sunny day everything's good it's not too hot so that's italy <laughs> okay well that's good news because i guess this time of year it can be quite hot in italy is that right yeah i think the last days were a little bit fresher uh, especially in in during the night so i think it's not too hot compared to two weeks ago because mm-hmm. it was hot as hell but not because <laughs> n- n- not because you know not because it's just hot but the humidity it's terrible here it's really terrible yeah to, to be honest actually I was speaking to one of my friends the other day and I did a kids camp in Padova and it probably would have been this kind of time of year and I remember it being awful in terms of the humidity I really suffered I mean <laughs> I, I remember almost going crazy because it was so so hot and so humid and we had tiger mosquitoes biting us because we were <laughs> we were in a, yeah. a school and we were doing the kids camp in a school and they had a grassy area and in the grassy area there were so many giant tiger mosquitoes and yeah they really did enjoy eating our legs which was fun <laughs> so because you were yummy for them <laughs> yes the young yummy english meat okay anyway let me crack on with the first question i have for you and feel free to kind of interrupt me or or kind of ask any questions you have for me so my first question is just to tell the listeners as well because i know but when did you come to london and how long were you in london i had been in london for two months yeah two months and i were it was february 21st of february okay. yes and you know the day before i was in the hospital because i was i had some ache on my stomach so maybe that was a sign to say don't go in london this period because it was raining all the time raining for both months it it rained for the whole month so so you're going to perpetuate the stereotype of london always raining um no <laughs> no no uh, you know i i like the rain but and i was thinking to play my bagpipe because i play the medieval bagpipe and on my idea was okay 
on during the Sundays, on some days I could go to some parks to play my bagpipe, but I couldn't because it was raining a lot. Yeah, I was freezing and <laughs> it was almost impossible. Uh, I think it was sunny just the first week and the last week okay. when it was there. But I guess so that was from February to April, is that right? Yeah. 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 So, yeah, I guess for, for listeners to know, uh, that's probably not the best time to come to London <laughs> if you're com- coming for a short period. Because I guess, yeah, I would say probably between February and kind of March, April. It depends on the year. But sometimes March can be quite nice, but not always. And February is normally quite cloudy. It's not always great weather and it's normally quite cold. And then, yeah, March could be very nice. Could, could be horrible. And then April as well is quite similar. Could be quite nice, but could be horrible. So yeah, just bear that in mind um, if you do <laughs> decide to come. But why, why did you choose London? What was the reason behind that? Uh, because, because, you know, I went in London because of my work. I wanted to check some agencies and wanted to, to improve my English more and because I like the English language a lot. And so I chose I just London because I think the English accent is my favorite. Mm-hmm. And because London is like an international port mm-hmm. for okay. Europe compared to other cities. Okay, I could have gone to Dublin or Edinburgh, but I preferred London just because I, I like it. And it's a very huge city, very huge city, but everything is, is well organized. Mm. It's, not, it's not chaotic. Okay, there's a lot of people, but it's very well organized. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so you, you found it easy to travel on the transport and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, if you, if you, if you use the subway, uh, you can go everywhere, really everywhere. The, mm. the subway network is... It's fantastic. So you, you're talking about the tube network, is that right? The tube, oh, okay. Because subway <laughs> is because subway is subway used in uh, maybe in different parts of the world. But it's just yeah. my imagination that. that. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it, it's correct. I mean, I guess yeah. We should clarify. Really, I guess subway. You would you would generally use that in America. So the Americans oh. would say subway okay. for, and then in the UK we we would say underground or we would say the tube. I guess the tube is more like a sa- slang expression. But yeah, in London, often you'd you'd hear people say, "Oh, I'm going on the tube." Yeah. You, you know, I'm writing them down on a, on a paper because i want to study that oh no fair enough fair enough that's that's always a good student so that's impressive yeah. like that well actually maybe first of all i should say to the listeners what you do because i find it fascinating if you don't mind nicola i mean you're an actor aren't you so your idea is to try and get some or was to get, try and get some work over in london yeah uh, you know i started acting 24 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, and it's, uh, I started being a professional uh, almost eight or ten years ago. And the business in London is completely different from the business in Italy. So I wanted to expand my work, and I really like the productions that are made in London. So I like to to talk in English, and I really enjoy to act in English. I'm working on some monologues in English. Because I, 
I must produce some some uh, new material, multimedia multimedia material. I choose I choose London for that. That's be, that's because I said it was for work, but mm. I had a lot of fun, really. I you know I uh, in two months I just studied English. I, I think I think you saw me more than your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a that's a worrying aspect. Yes, I probably did. Uh, <laughs> it, this is very true. Not because I found Nicolo attractive at all, but he did. He did. <laughs> yeah, I I was helping you quite a lot, wasn't I, with with your English language? So you came to the conversation groups, and then I did some individual lessons with you, and we had some good chats together. I enjoyed our time together, and I found you a very good student. I mean, I thought you were very diligent in the way you do things, and you still are. So for me, as a teacher, actually, that is very satisfying to see a student that's that diligent and that focused on improving their language skills. So yeah, that's good. You helped me a lot, really, because you know that I started studying English by myself, mm-hmm. and I studying I was studying very hard in the past. But you gave me some how can you say it? Some fixes, some hints that really changes my way of speaking English. Mm. Really, that's great to hear. Thank you. Yeah. So, but I have a question for you, John. Yeah. When did you decide to become an English teacher? Well, I suppose I didn't really consciously decide to become an English teacher. I wanted an experience abroad and I really loved Italy. So the way that I could go to Italy was teaching and teaching in kids camps. Or that was what I found because I wanted to go over there for the summer and enjoy the beautiful weather over there and have a good time basically so at the beginning I wasn't consciously thinking hey I want to be an English teacher it was more a case of of that was what was going to take me to Italy and my initial plan was rather naively to learn the Italian language in the space of about six months uh, (laughs) which I realized when I got there that was never going to (laughs) happen And then after that, my plan was actually to go to Canada, yeah, and live there for a period of time. But I enjoyed living in Italy, and I actually, I don't know if I told you, I think I probably did. I lived fairly close to Padova. I lived in Treviso for a period of time. I met a lovely Italian girl who lives closer, actually, to Padova. She's from, I think it's Piove di Sacco, is that the name? Oh, Oh. it's in in Padua. It is, yes. Yeah, yeah. So she she was from there originally. Eh? I I got to know the area very well. So I'm gonna see you in Padua in a short period of time. I hope so. Yeah. Well, no, it's, <laughs> she's not. She's not my girlfriend now. So. Okay. <laughs> you know, th- th- this this was in 2005. So yeah, it was about 15 years ago. So that's when I went. Okay. I, you know, uh, I think being a teacher is completely different of practicing the activity. I mean, if you are a good scientist, it doesn't mean that you can teach math. So mm. I think teaching is a very difficult job. And if you discovered it some years ago, because you are, it's like you are, you enjoy the work of teaching. Not, because yeah. you, not, not just because you, you, you can learn English, of course. But just because you uh, you love teaching people the uh, the English language, yeah, very much so. And I didn't realize that until I started doing it. 
Mm. And one of the main reasons why I really love doing it is because I love spending time with people. I love to see people improve their skills and potentially get to their goals. So my idea with, with Nicola really is why I've invested so much time and effort in him is because eventually he's going to become a star and he's going to invite me to <laughs> all the parties. Uh, we've, al- <laughs> we've already agreed this and he's going to introduce me to Scarlett Johansson. So this is the main reason why I've invested all my time in him. Ordinarily, I wouldn't. <laughs> Just because of that? Yes. Rest, okay. Completely. But you know that, Nicholas. So <laughs> we can close the discussion here. So <laughs> see you in, um, in a lot of years, John. And bye. Okay, uh, that, that that's fine. I'll I'll just I'll just wave at you on the red red carpet, and when when you ignore me, I'll I'll try and embarrass you in some way. That who's that? Oh, no, no, I don't know him. I don't know him. Let's <laughs> go forward. <laughs> so if you're looking out for somebody, Niccolo Tredesi, okay? So if he if he becomes famous in the future, it's probably because he's been on my podcast, not because he yeah. has any, any talent as an actor. Of course. <laughs> oh, yeah, I can't play anything. Uh, I can't uh, play on <laughs> on films. And commercials but uh, so i really thank you john for this no no <laughs> no no no, <laughs> no but ge- genuinely <laughs> genuinely nick nicolo is 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 a talented actor and you know watch this space that's all i can say You've reached the midpoint of the podcast and we thought we'd ask you a quick quiz question about the English language. What is the most commonly used letter in the English language? So that question again, what is the most commonly used letter in the English language? We'll answer your question at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. So let me ask you a couple of other questions. So What was your favorite aspect of London? I mean, did you have a favorite aspect of London, something that you really love and you miss? Uh, yeah, there's a very special things that I, I saw years ago when I was in London as a tourist. Mm-hmm. And was the parks you have mm-hmm. in the city. Because it's, very, it's a very strange thing, but good at the same time to have this very, very huge parks mm-hmm. in the middle of the city so yeah. it's like having having some some way to breath clean air mm. in the city yeah. if, if i think about just because i'm italian so if i think about milan and rome okay there are some huge parks too but it's completely different mm. really and i really like the way you manage the art business Okay, that's because it's my work and I'm an actor, but you really enjoy and uh, invest a lot of money on entertainment mm. and culture and art. And that's a very, very good thing. It's like investing on the people culture, investing on the people life, mm. because you invest on the people emotions mm. and you want the people to enjoy some shows. So everything is very dynamic. Mm. That's the, those are the main, the main aspects that I loved in London. Okay, even my English teacher, John. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, don't, you don't have to say that. I'm not, I'm not paying him for this interview. So, yeah. <laughs> no, but I can say that you really 
really get into your work uh, in the teaching? Because I think your work has a social function. Do you think that? I mean, when I was in the classroom uh, talking with people from different cultures and nations, I really enjoyed talking in English with them, but even understanding how the culture is different compared by mine. So do you think your work has a social function? Yes, very much so. I mean, I think particularly when, or, or teaching in London, I mean, I've been teaching in London maybe for the past nine years now, I guess. And I was in Italy before. And in Italy, it, it does play a role, but not in the same way it does in London. Because I guess in Italy, a lot of the time, people aren't hugely motivated necessarily because it depends on what they want to do. I mean, some people are definitely because they really need it for their work or they really need it for travel. But in London, everybody is motivated because they're here either to improve their job prospects or yeah. or to improve their life in some way. So for them, often English is very important to them. So, yeah, I mean, I do see it in a social way and helping society in some way. And not only for the people who are coming. I mean, it's more, yeah, I mean, it's also about London and, and people being able to integrate and kind of assimilate and, and get involved in the culture because I think it's really important for anybody moving to a new country to feel comfortable and to feel as if they can do what they want to do rather than feeling limited and language is a big part of that and if people can speak well and they feel confident then that really helps them achieve what they want to achieve so yeah I mean I love that element and I love being able to to say you know that person has got that job because I've helped them in some way which I think is very rewarding mm. very satisfying yes yeah extremely satisfying yeah so did you find anything difficult or anything you didn't like about London oh <laughs> okay the food <laughs> that's because I'm Italian. <laughs> so, but, you know, there's uh, a lot of varieties. Lots of variety, okay, yeah. Lots yeah. of variety. You can eat Chinese, Japanese, Thai. There's really, there's a lot uh, there. Mm. But if I think about the supermarkets, mm. I saw a lot of things with a lot of sugar, a lot of, oh, there's a, there's a thing that really was shocking for me. It was like watching at those <laughs> three liters bottles of milk. <laughs> okay. That was, okay, where am I? <laughs> because it's completely different. And the sugar, yes, in the foods. Because when I was on some takeaways or when I was working my laptop in some bars or cafes, there were some foods with a lot of sugar. And it was strange to me. So okay. like kind of cakes and things like that that they yeah. were selling. Yeah. Okay. Yes, they, they tasted different. That's not because I'm Italian. Uh, I'm not talking about the best food or the worst food in the world, but it's the sugar. Okay, I think this aspect is very important for the health of the people. Mm. So I don't know how's the situation in London about that. But that was the only, the only thing. Okay, and the other thing, strange thing was <laughs> the people driving that car at the opposite. <laughs> on, the driving, on the correct yeah. side. On the correct side. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess when you're crossing the road, you have to look both ways, right? And always make sure you're okay. But I guess on the street as well, they tell you, I'm not sure if they do it everywhere, but certainly in the center, they tell you to look left or look right, depending on where you're crossing on the street. Yeah, but uh, I, I risked my, my life first three days for okay. that. <laughs> but you Even survived. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see it. <laughs> uh, no fair enough yeah and I, I know what you mean about the sugar thing i guess we've become much more conscious of things like this but i guess there is a certain amount of industrialization process with kind of cafes you know kind of chain bars and cafes so they're i guess they're trying to make their money and make things addictive so yeah i would like to hope londoners are a bit more aware of those kind of things which i think they are but yeah it, it is everywhere you're right you're yeah, right. but at the opposite, there are even a lot of cafes that produces organic handmade foods. Yeah. So it's, it's like living both aspects at the same time. That was really astonishing for me. Yeah, sure. Because I guess as well, you could, if you're vegan as well, you're very easily catered for as well, aren't you? Or vegetarian. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so maybe I'll come to the last question now. So... In conclusion, coming to London for a couple of months, was it good for your English? Yeah, it was good for sure. But because I spent a lot of time, or maybe the whole time, studying English, because when it wasn't in your class, uh, your classes, I was at home studying my, my notes and repeating to myself out loud some sentences because it was a matter of fixes the old habits and create a new habit. So I studied all the time, really. So I think it was really, really good for my English. But because, uh, you know, I know it's, it's strange, but I didn't go to any party. I didn't enjoy the, the city. I, I, I did that just the first week and the last week of my period. So I spent a lot of time studying. Yeah, I think that it does depend on what you do, doesn't it, really? I mean, I guess if you're here for a couple of months and you're very focused like yourself, then you can see a huge difference, can't you? But obviously, not everybody can necessarily do that. I suppose if you're here for a longer period of time and you have to work, then yeah, it's just thinking when you can fit things in and maybe every day think about how you can work on your English in some way, even if it's just for five minutes a day, because I think... A lot of the time in London, in my experience, that people don't always work with native speakers. You know, you're often working in, in bars and cafes. People are at the beginning, that is anyway. Yeah. So you're not able to necessarily interact with native speakers very often. You're often working with other foreigners. So, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the time you can make really, really good progress if you do really focus and you do really think about what you want to improve. But even over a longer period, yeah, if you are able to be quite dedicated on a daily basis, and that is tough if you're working, but even if it's, as I say, five minutes a day, just trying to introduce something new to your language or learn something or refresh something, that helps. Yeah, but even just going to a cafe and if you struggle with your English, it's useful because you have to talk in English. If mm. you want to ask for a coffee or if you go to a pub for a beer, you must talk in English, English, so your brain has to work anyway. 
So it's it's completely different to to learn English in your city. You can do that, but you're always in a comfort zone. So yeah. that's why it's very useful to to go to London to talk to learn English. Yeah, so it pushes you and it takes you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think is it fair to say it improves confidence as well with language? Oh, definitely. Yeah. If I think about the first time if uh, even if I I studied English a lot, it was completely strange because it was like I haven't studied anything at the first time. I think that's because of the comfort zone we were speaking about. Mm. So it's like, as you said, pushing yourself. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's important. And I guess it's quite difficult to get out of your comfort zone, but at the beginning, that's tough. But yeah, I guess if you have the help and support of people around you. So I, I would say to anybody, try and get involved in an English conversation group. See, it doesn't have to be a Monty English conversation group at all or anything like that. You know, it's just getting involved in general with society. So even if you just did a hobby, kind of meet up, an application called Meetup, which I use for the conversation group is very useful. And just kind of get involved. At the beginning, yes, it's tough, but step by step, I think you do get a bit more confident and yeah, and it's it's very satisfying, isn't it, mm. to to get to that point and feel as if you've moved out of your comfort zone and now you feel more comfortable. Yeah, definitely. And, right. you know, after a couple of months of my journey in London, I thought I was going to uh, forget something about English, the English I learned mm-hmm. uh, in, in London, but it wasn't. I think I, 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 I speak a better English now. Because you know, uh, when when you when you learn something and you you allow your brain to to understand during a period of time, like absorbing the concept, you can talk better because your brain can push words, the new words, or maybe the new sentences, uh, more fast than there was before. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with my experience with Italian, I agree with you. And I think, you know, your brain is like a muscle, isn't it? Obviously, yeah. if you if you exercise it, then it does retain this information and it, it becomes better at doing it and it becomes better at kind of speaking or, or pushing the information out. So, yeah, I mean, I always find that even though I haven't been to Italy for maybe 18 months now, even when I go back, it's very easy for me to get back into the language I don't forget it you know maybe it takes me a few more days to get back into things if I haven't been there for a long time or haven't spoken for a long time but I think you always have the language because I think a lot of English learners I I get this idea that they're like oh I'm going to forget the language but really I don't think you do especially if you spend a good period of time speaking it that's my experience anyway and you know, I guess it's a little bit like riding a bike, isn't it? You can always ride the bike and maybe... Yeah, you... I was going to, to say the same thing. Oh, it's right, like okay. riding, riding on a bike. You can't forget <laughs> it. Oh, you see. Yeah, it's a good analogy. I think that's a good one because obviously if you haven't ridden a bike for a while, maybe you feel a bit uncertain for the first 10 minutes or so, but after that, you're totally fine. So I say that was the same with language for the first number of days... Yeah, you could feel a bit rusty, but find things a bit difficult. But after that, I think you're fine. Yeah, it works. Okay. Well, I think we'll finish things off now. We'll wrap things up. 
if that's okay with you, Nicola. I think it's been great speaking to you. I'm really happy that you joined us for the third episode as well. So you're in there early and maybe at some point in the future as well, we'll have you back on the podcast to give us an update maybe on on where you've got to. That might be an idea as well. But also if anybody has any questions they would like to ask Nicolo or myself about my experience of teaching Nicolo, email in as well. I mean, to john at montyenglish.co.uk. So it's J-O-N. So there's no H in my name. So john at montyenglish.co.uk to ask me any questions about London, coming to London. I mean, I understand obviously in this period of time, people are a bit uncertain, but London is opening back up. The bars and cafes are opening now and uh, things are getting back to normal hopefully fairly soon it's always a good opportunity to come and visit maybe even over the august period that's always a good time to visit we have less rain in august (laughs) i thank you john because i really enjoyed the conversation really excellent yeah me too it's a pleasure to have you on here actually nicolo it's really nice yeah and thank you for taking your time to do it yeah so thanks very much listeners we'll See you soon. So take care. Goodbye. Thanks, Nicolo. Bye. Remember our quiz question from earlier on about the most commonly used letter in the English language? Well, the answer is the letter E. So that's E for elephant. It is in fact used one in eight times in the English language. So that's quite a lot. Next time you're having a look at a sentence, see how many times you can spot it. See you next time.